0: Hallelujah to God. Well, I'm glad to be in the house of the Lord tonight. I'm just going to wait around here and see if y'all are happy to be here. Amen. I'm glad to be saved, sanctified, and filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost of heaven. Amen. And believing that God is going to meet us in this place tonight. Amen and amen. I have enjoyed the preaching of the word of God in the mornings. If you haven't been able to be here in the morning service, you've been missing a blessing. And uh, Brother Alan Hinton has been doing tremendous preaching in the morning services. So I would encourage you to be with us in the morning at uh, 10, 1030. You can come at 830, pray with us. And then the ladies have been having continental breakfast in the back. And then after that, we come right back in, have church here. And it's been wonderful. And I've enjoyed being around the altars with you, uh, every service. I'm looking forward to what God's going to do in this place tonight as well. Oh, wow. Amen. And, uh, appreciate all the work and effort that goes into, uh, account meetings such as this. We just finished ours out and, um, uh, I can tell you it's work, (laughs) it's a lot of work. And uh, when you begin to undertake something like that, not only is it the physical labor, but it is the spiritual uh, labor that, uh, the load of the ministry that lays on a man, uh, such as your pastor and his family. So I appreciate them so very much. And not only that, he and Sister Kim's having to babysit two preachers throughout the day, so that makes it even worse, (laughs) praise the Lord. Amen. I've enjoyed the church family as well. Don't you love them? Don't you love this family? Give them a great big God bless you if you will. We love them. Amen. We're just, we're grateful that Caleb uh, got married before that girl found out exactly who he really was. (laughs) Oh my. And uh, I've over the years watched these young men grow up and just so proud of what God's doing in their life. I was uh, in a direction this week, in case you haven't already picked up on that, on the anointing and uh, the baptism of the Holy Ghost, victory in the Spirit. That's where God has had me in. I've preached brand new messages this week that I've never preached and then somebody made a decision to be in this house tonight that got the attention of the Lord. Somebody God's been dealing with in this house. Somebody God has been speaking to. And uh, it so affected the Lord that uh, what I had uh, planned on preaching, it all, I'd been praying for weeks and actually had... Uh, somewhat laid out for the week what I was going to be preaching. But somebody made the decision and it it got a hold of heaven because this afternoon when I thought that I was going to be able to rest a few minutes, the good Holy Ghost began to deal with my spirit about this service tonight. And uh, so I pray that as God has gotten a hold of me, I, I pray that he will Uh, get a hold of you and you get a hold of him tonight in this service as well. Uh, Because I believe that we're so near the coming of the Lord that this might be the last camp meeting we ever see at Bible Way Assembly. I, I just believe that way. And I think that if we're going to get things where we want them to be with God when we meet him, we don't need to start just before we meet him to get it right. Say amen. I believe there's some things that God would love for us to co- to accomplish. So I want us to turn in the book of Genesis, chapter number 17. Genesis, chapter number 17, verse number 15. And uh, when you get there, stand with us for the reading of God's word, if you will. Genesis, chapter number 17, verse number 15. If you're there, say amen. amen. God said to Abraham, as for Sarah, thy wife, thou shalt not call her name Suri, I should say, as it was in the correct spelling, but Sarah Shall her name be. And I will bless her and give her thee, and give thee a son of also of her. Yea, I will bless her and she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of people shall they, shall be of her. Then Abraham fell upon his face and laughed and said in his heart, shall a child be born unto him that is a hundred years old and shall Sarah that is 90 years old bear? And Abraham said unto God, oh, that Ishmael might live before thee. And God said, Sarah, thy wife, shall bear thee a son indeed, and thou shalt call his name Isaac. And I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant with his seed after him. Amen. Amen. Whenever Abraham came to this place in Genesis chapter 17, a place of renewal, praying through. Anybody know what I mean when I use the term praying through? All right. Amen. There's several of us that do. I believe that there might be some that maybe don't even know what that is. That means to get it right with God to where he is pleased not only with Christ inside of you, but the actions and choices that you are currently making right now. Amen. To pray through to get it right with God. And at this place of renewal in Genesis 17, and I'll let you sit down just a moment. We're going to pray. Uh, Abraham prayed through and asked God to bring renewal to his own life. And after he prayed through, he said, God, I want you to let Ishmael walk before you. And the Lord never even heard what he just said. He just bypassed what Abraham had said about Ishmael, never even acknowledged it, and said, I said, Sarah will bear thee a son. There's some things I believe that people's been trying to get God to get happy with that God's not interested in. I believe God wants to deal with that tonight. Is is that all right I pray that God would help us as I endeavor to preach half-brothers. Would you stretch your hands this way? Pray that God would touch us. Father, we love you, Lord Jesus, uh, and we're thankful for the blessings of the Lord. Come on, church, begin to pray with me right now. I pray that, God, you would have your way. Lord, most definitely, you have dealt with my heart and life to preach this message uh, this hour, this moment. Uh, I pray that, Lord, you would give us strength in our body. That, Lord, you would anoint us to preach. Uh, Let every word come directly from the throne of God. Every thought, let it be held captive by your spirit. Uh, Anoint us to preach. Anoint us to hear. And meet us in these altars. Save somebody. Lord, deliver somebody. Let someone get it right tonight. uh, Father, with you. And, Lord, we're going to give you the glory for it. We're going to praise you for it. In the wonderful name of Jesus and everyone that loved him, shouted, Amen. You can be seated if you're able. half-brothers, the old preachers use devices called types, and the struggle between Ishmael and Isaac as a classic to represent the flesh and the spirit that are battling one with another. Since you've been born again, there's been a constant war that's going on both outside of your life and inside of your life. Amen. It will always be there until the Lord comes again and raptures us out of this place. There's going to be a battle of the spiritual, both internally and externally, in every heart and in every life. Matter of fact, you're going to fight the devil until the Lord takes us out of this earth. Say amen to me. Not only will you battle the devil Amen. He hates you and he's going to fight against you and those problems that you deal with are because he hates the God you serve and he hates you for serving him. That's just exactly right. But not only is there an external battle that is going on outside of you, there is also an internal battle of that mind and soul and spirit of your own self, that body, that mind. That spirit its going to fight one against the other. One is always going to try and gain ascendancy above the other. That spirit man, he's when he's born again, he comes to life, he wakes up, he's brought back to life, he's born again, he's walking in the newness of the power of the spirit. However, he is shrouded about with a skin tint that we have to deal with that flesh on a daily basis. Man in himself, he has a natural order of things and desires. Amen. The natural order of man is that that he needs food and shelter and love you know the basics uh, of a man but friend those things uh, and the natural order of things are normal matter of fact uh, if a man whenever he doesn't get hungry he uh, then they give him medicine uh, to make him eat is that right Amen. When a man won't eat anything, uh, they get worried uh, he's going to lose weight. So uh, anything that is a natural uh, desire of man, God given desire, uh, amen, it is there, uh, it is normal, uh, and it is for the place for that man to be bettered. Uh, anytime that those natural desires of man, to be fed, to be loved, to be sheltered, all of those things, uh, when they get out of sorts, uh, is when they're just like, uh, amen, any other other thing that is out of place. You introduce a certain fish to the water system here in South Alabama that is not a native to this area. It will take over that water system. It's happening down in Florida all over the place. Anything that is not natural when you're dealing with the spirit and the flesh, it will wrap itself around and it will absolutely take over. Friend, if that man won't eat, they give him things to eat. Amen. Whenever a man. It won't take care of him on his own self. They get to deal with him in his mind. Even if a man doesn't have a natural affection for a woman, come on now, all these things. I'm not being vulgar or funny with you tonight. I'm here to tell you that in there are places and balances that a man must walk in in order even to have at least sustaining life on this earth. Well, dear friend, let me tell you what keeps the counterbalance on the other side of that flesh from getting out of sync. Even a man that will overeat will kill himself, a man that will undereat will kill himself, a man that all he does is fixate on his shelter and his home uh, he will never accomplish anything uh, outside of that Uh, a man uh, that uh, desires love more than the natural uh, ability or a man uh, can get into and dabble in things uh, that will wreck him are you hearing me tonight So there are counterbalances in that. We see that borne out in Ishmael and in Isaac. We see it borne out. So now then, we look at it in these scriptures, we see that Abraham in these two boys had produced a miracle and a mistake. Amen, both of them uh, were born of the Lord of Abraham. Uh, that mistake, uh, if you see it as we look at the, the two between Ishmael and Isaac are the flesh and the spirit. Uh, we look at that and that mistake is a it's a fault uh, of understanding, a perception, an interpretation, an idea, an answer or an act that is wrong an error. Synonyms for a mistake uh, is an error, a fumble, uh, an inaccuracy, a miscalculation, a blunder, to confuse, or misunderstanding. Uh, But on the other side of that, uh, a miracle is an event uh, or an action that apparently contradicts uh, scientific laws uh, and is hence thought to be due uh, to supernatural causes. Uh, An act of God, uh, a remarkable event, uh, a marvel, a synonym for that uh, is also a cure curiosity, a mystery, a wonder or an enigma. We live in a world uh, that is full of, of mistakes uh, and full uh, of miracles. Uh, matter of fact, I'll tell you dear friend uh, I believe that even in the hour that we're living right now uh, that there are as many miracles uh, being performed uh, as there are mistakes. All right. You can go ahead and walk around uh, with a half glass empty mentality if you But the reason that mankind are not seeing the miracles is because of his perspective being skewed and trained to see the mistakes. Is that right? Amen. We look at our local news. We look at national news. And they have censured everything pretty much that is good. And they have made us to be able. We didn't like it to start with. But even after this long, a steady diet of bad news, we've gotten to where we've acquired a taste for it. Amen. We went to Lambert's today and I ate entirely too much food for anybody to eat. But they came around and a lady had a big stand. Stainless steel bucket of of fried okra. Amen. That greasy stuff. God help us. Don't tell me it's good. I'm preaching. You just say amen right here. (laughs) Hallelujah. They came around with a bucket of of okra. Amen. That lady looked at me and said, Do you want any of this stuff? Everybody around me uh, got fried okra. Let me tell you, peer pressure don't always work on me, mister, I tell you right now. You can have all of that uh, that you want to. Uh, You can have it. It's perspective uh, about what can be seen and not seen. Uh, Even there's miracles and mistakes everywhere. Uh, If you're looking at it, the news people uh, they they put out there for us to look at. A steady diet of bad I suppose uh, that if all I had to eat uh, was fried okra, I could eventually uh, get used to eating it. Uh, I may not like it to start with, uh, like some of the rest of you folks, uh, but I could get to eating it... If that's all I had a diet of, friend, there's people in this world that they didn't want to hear the bad news to start with, but the devil, as he said this morning, is the prince of the power of the air, and he controls the airwaves, he controls your television, he controls your radio, thank you for shouting me down, he controls what's going on. That's the reason every, NBC, CBS, ABC, all of them, that's the reason they have an agenda, amen, of a homosexual and all of that lifestyle because they want to get you to where you can have a diet of bad news and it finally becomes palatable, amen, in the heart and mind, even of the believing church. Say amen to me. Amen. Amen. You can't can't be born again in a right perspective and keep a right perspective if you are filling your mind with a steady diet of mistakes versus miracles. As a matter of fact, the reason you don't see any miracles is because you have now been trained to look for the mistakes. We'd rather hear bad news than good news any day of the week. Amen. We have a a Facebook page there in Texarkana and it's called Texarkana, cheers and jeers. Uh, even if somebody does something good, uh, they go on cheers and cheers. Uh, and they tell them how wonderful they are. Uh, I won't join the page. Uh, I won't look at it. Uh, I won't go to the page. Uh, the only reason I know that it has uh, happened and is there, uh, because uh, some lady uh, came to our church uh, and we wouldn't give her $200 for the 10th time. Come on here. We finally cut off the money. So she went to Texarkana, cheers and jeers, and jeered us. Told us how awful we were, didn't love humanity. Amen. I tell you, I had a response. I didn't use it, uh, but I had one. So instead of putting it on Facebook, uh, I told every young'un that I had, uh, come on now, uh, I told everybody around me, this is what I would say. I had to get that out of my spirit. Uh, because friend, if you don't watch it, uh, you will get to the place where you, instead of going uh, to the place where they were cheering, uh, you'll just read the jeers. Uh, come on now. Don't look at me like you're super spiritual down here in Mobile and Foley, Alabama. There's the Most of us look for the bad instead of the good. We'll believe the bad news before we'll take heed or even pay attention to the good news about somebody. Say amen to right. me now. Right. That's right. Amen. If you don't believe that, then just get in the ministry for about a year. Do something for Because there'll always be somebody that's got something bad to say about you. Well, friend, I've turned my eyes not to the bad things about people that I hear. Even when folks start trying to tell me everything, I start weaseling back. Even I start backpedaling a little bit. Because, friend, I don't want to get myself to the place where all I can see is the negative of this world because if I do, I'm going to be stolen from what's going to be stolen, the ability to see the miracles that are all around me. Amen. The reason you didn't have that wreck this week is because there's one greater than you that was holding on to you. The reason you didn't go under, the reason you didn't die is because there's a miracle worker that's in there in your life working on your behalf. Let me get into this message. I got a ways to go. Y'all gonna be here a while? I plan on finishing the message. There's three places to quit. When God is finished, when the people are finished, or when the preacher gets finished. I'm taking the third tonight. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Junior said, We lament the mistakes of a good man. Dwight D. Eisenhower said nothing is easy in war. Mistakes are always paid for in casualty. That's the view of fallen man. Mistakes often override the miracles in our life. When our mistakes are brought to God, he has a way of removing the things that create failure in our spiritual walk. But there's often the nagging thought of that mistake. Not just an ordinary mistake, but the mistake. You see, sometimes... It's not everybody else's mistakes uh, that blinds you from the miracle in your life. Uh, It's your own mistake uh, that you can't seem to get past. Come on now. It's your own problem. It's your own mistake uh, that you can't get beyond or around. Uh, Not just a mistake, uh, the mistake. Poke your little hand up and said, I've made one. Come on now the mistake, not just a mistake, uh, the mistake. uh, The the mistake that I'm talking to about uh, is never far from your mind. Uh, The mistake rises and stands before you when you begin to pray. Uh, It mocks you when you lift your hands in worship. Uh, Come on here. uh, Amen. I didn't know about all of that uh, in those younger days uh, until Sister Pam and I would have uh, an We've never fussed or argued in nearly 29 years. We've just had intense moments of fellowship. Come on here. Amen. I, I've never been there, but I, friend, I've, I've walked in church after having a, an intense moment of fellowship, uh, and I'm sitting on the front row. It's about to be my turn to preach. Amen. Uh, let me tell you, you can't get in this box uh, and have any kind of anointing uh, if you've destroyed it uh, before you came in for, I mean, uh, intensely fellowshipping with your wife. I've sat on the front row. Amen. She's learned this now over the years. Uh, She's learned this. Yep. little hard head, uh, just go right ahead uh, with your big mouth and say all the things you want to say. Even then when I walk in, sitting on that front row, uh, and they're singing the songs, uh, it's getting closer and closer to the time for me to get up and preach. uh, Even there, sometimes I'm sitting there. My legs are jumping everywhere. Uh, I don't know what to do. You know what it is? Uh, I look around over... uh, at Sister Pam, uh, and I give her that look. <laughs> Say amen to me. There's a volume that is written in that one look. Come on, husbands. Uh, even that one look says, I'm sorry, uh, you were right, I was wrong. Uh, it also says, Would you please forgive me uh, in the next 30 seconds uh, before I've got to get in that pulpit uh, and try to get some anointing? Say amen. I'm talking about bigger things than that. However, that mistake uh, that never leaves you when you try to worship God. Uh, It laughs at you when you volunteer for the prayer shift. Uh, It distracts you uh, when you attempt to read the Bible. Uh, It haunts you every time uh, that you attempt to make a new commitment. Uh, It goads you. uh, It rides you. uh, It robs your peace. Uh, It's raided all of your spiritual reserves. Uh, It's something uh, that you can no longer live with Uh, now then you, you you live in a place where that mistake it torments you everybody in this house in your younger days you did things with a brain that was not fully developed come on here you made mistakes you made choices you did things I'm not giving you an excuse but I am telling you that the grace of God hath appeared unto all men teaching them to deny ungodly you had to learn it it might have been the mistake you made that helped you to learn I'm never going down that road again but get up get past it put it under the blood and walk in the fullness of the power of God now you find yourself in the position the word of God has power to give you the faith to rise up and the spirit of God is able to provide the deliverance from that mistake Let me take you to the text now. In Genesis chapter 17, the general history of of, of Genesis. In the first part, it mentions Abraham and Sarah and Ishmael and Isaac. Abraham was the man that God had called out of the land of Ur of the Chaldees, the searcher for the city whose builder and maker is the Lord. And Sarah, the wife of the old patriarch, faithfully followed Abraham out of that place of comfort into a land that Abraham didn't even know where it was. And then there was Ishmael, the son that was born to Abraham in a moment of doubt. And finally Isaac was the that was fulfilled in the old age of Abraham and Sarah. Let me talk to you about Abraham's mistake. Now friend, the first thing you got to understand about that mistake, the origin of that mistake was not when Abraham went into the tent of Hagar. Is that right? Amen. Me and two more believe that. The rest of you is going to, I guess, wait for me to tell you. The origin never started whenever Abraham went into the tent of Hagar. That was not the origin of the mistake. As a matter of fact, the origin of that mistake started way before that they had ever even thought about Hagar coming into the picture. It happened whenever there came a time there was a famine in the land that God had given Abraham. He said, you follow me to a place where I will show you of and I'm going to bless you there. And God did bless Abraham. Abraham there. He blessed him in that land. However, even in the promised land of God, there will be famines at times. Even in the place where God has sent you to, there be dry places. There will be hard places. Amen. Any preacher that's ever been called to a church and stayed longer than a year and outlived the honeymoon has dealt with a dry place. Any church member that has stayed in one church and didn't hop around like a jackrabbit Amen, has endured, endured a dry place at times. Here's the thing you need to understand. The origin of the mistake was not when Abraham went into the tent of Hagar but rather when he chose to leave the promised place of God during a famine you never make spiritual decisions when you're in a spiritual famine, you never go out to the place of Egypt even back to where you came from when you're in a moment of doubt, how many times have I seen church folks how many times have I seen folks that serve God, Those that work in the ministry, they go through a famine, they go through a drought, they go through a time where they're in problems and chaos. So, what do they do instead of going back to the altar that Abraham had built in Canaan? He returned and went back to Egypt, hoping to find a place of refuge in a place that only served the flesh. You will find no lasting satisfaction. In that place that only serves the flesh. But if you can lay in a desert. If you can lay in a dry place. You can find that the comfort of your soul. Will come from the altar that God helped you build. In an oasis where no one else is. Abram's mistake originated. When he made a spiritual decision. In a spiritual famine. Amen. I've had folks in the last year or two. That I knew they were in a spiritual famine. Hadn't been to church in eight, ten months, a year. Then they're going to tell me how spiritual they are. And also that the Lord has moved them off to another church. Come on now. Amen. You've had to deal with that have not been in an altar, haven't been in a church where a preacher can take the water of the word and wash them off. You see, when you're getting preached to, you're getting a shower. Say amen. That word is washing over you. It's breaking off the lies of hell that's been told to you. Even that stinking thinking that gets up in your mind, the word of God breaks that off of you and you wake up from that place And you know what? I don't know why I thought that. I don't know how I got here but I'm headed back to my altar I was on the way to Egypt but I'm going back to the place where refuge can truly be found the origin of the mistake was when Abraham headed toward Egypt in a famine when our lives are led into mistakes or failure whether or not we are willing to admit it or not that particular failure had begun its process long before the capitulation of the, uh, of, the of the act. Uh, you can only think to Samson before you can see this whole thing. Uh, Samson uh, was wandering around in the wilderness of Timnath. Uh, had no business in Timnath. Uh, and he went into a harlot. Uh, Even problem started. Uh, you see the problem uh, with Samson was the Bible declared uh, that the anointing came on him uh, at times uh, in the camp of Dan most of us are really good when the anointing is on us at the camp of Dan but the problem is when the anointing is not on us the things that we'll do come on here church So how do we remedy that, Pastor, Brother McDonald? We can't live under that preaching anointing. You can walk in an anointing that will sustain you. You can walk in a place of victory that will sustain you. You ain't got to have a preaching anointing to live right. Even though right here tonight uh, you may not feel what I feel, uh, but right here where I'm standing, uh, there's a portal uh, to the glory world. Uh, That's the reason I sweat uh, and jump and shout and act like I feel something uh, that you can't seem to get. Uh, It's because God gives uh, a special anointing uh, for a man of God. you may never stand in a box and preach you can still walk in the portal of glory on this side you don't have to live in and out of that anointing Say amen. Samson did good when the anointing was on him but when that ointment wasn't he was dipping his hand in the dead carcass of a lion he was tying the tails of, uh, 300 foxes together he was at times doing those great things what caused it, uh, is what the reason he had to operate under the anointing uh, is what he did prior to that anointing uh, that made him have to fix the mess uh, that was going on are you hearing me uh, that anointing uh, that God has placed within you uh, is not put in you uh, just to fix the problem uh, that you messed up yesterday uh, if you would stay in that anointing uh, there would be no remedial work there would be no repair work but you would be moved from glory to glory to glory and friend that is what God is looking for Genesis 12 and 10 says and there was a famine in the land and Abram went down to Egypt to sojourn there he went down to Egypt any place that you leave the anointing and the God called place where he's planted you is down. All right. All right. All right. Come on. He preached on Jonah. I was at this week or last week. Every time Jonah made another step away from his God called place, you read Jonah, and Jonah went down to Joppa, down into the ship. Down into the belly of the ship. uh, Down into the sea. Down the throat of the great fish. uh, Down into the bottom of the sea. Uh, But there at the bottom uh, he called on the name of the Lord. Uh, There at the very depth of his soul, he finally realized I'm going to be digested right here, I'll die in the belly of this whale if a great fish, if I don't call out on God, friend the moment that he called out on God from the depth the belly of hell, three days in the belly of hell God made the fish start swimming up, he made him to come up to the shore, through." him We look at it. He went down to Egypt. I got to preach this. It It was to Egypt that Abraham went during the time of famine. He left Canaan and went there. And this is what the Bible says in Isaiah 31 and 1. Woe to them that go down to Egypt for help. And stay on horses. And trust in chariots. Because there are many. And in horsemen because they are very strong. But they look not to the Holy One of Israel, neither seek the Lord. It was in Egypt where the wheels of the mistake began to turn. Let me tell you, Hagar was not a servant of Abram and Sarah until they got to Egypt. Shout me down now. There are things that you will pick up while you're on your sojourn in Egypt uh, that you would have never had opportunity to pick up uh, had you stayed in the place God planted you. Well, Brother Sullivan, I just hate to tell you now, but we're just not going to be attending Bible Way assembly anymore. We're done with you and we're done with this church. We threw. We done paid all we're going to pay. We're finished. We're going somewhere else. Well, let me tell you, dear friend, if God sends you, then I'll be the one clapping my hands, uh, blessing you in the ministry that God has sent you to. Is that right? Say amen. I'll be clapping my hands. I'll be praising the Lord for the ministry that God has sent you to. But if you leave, headed out to find a place that don't preach it so tough, that don't preach it so strong, that don't reach for holiness and strong living, then, friend, you're going toward Egypt. That's where you're headed. You can look around everywhere. They'll tell you, we believe the Bible. We've got our doctrine just like Bible way. It's one thing to have doctrine on paper. It's another thing to have it in your heart. Uh, It's one thing to sign the documents uh, at the end of the year to renew your credentials. Uh, It's another thing to declare the full and whole counsel of the word of God. They went down to Egypt. They began to trust in what Egypt could produce. And what Egypt produced is a Hagar. Some of you wondered how that third person got in your marriage. I can tell you how you rambling around in Egypt when you should have been at an altar. How did I lose my children? Amen. Somewhere, either physically or spiritually uh, you started rambling around uh, in a place uh, of Egypt. Uh, Amen. There's a lot of folks that attend church uh, but they're in the building only. Uh, They're not in the bodies. Amen. Uh, There is a difference. Uh, There's people that will go to Egypt uh, sitting on a church pew. Uh, They don't have to go to the casinos. Uh, They don't have to go out to the bar rooms. Uh, They don't have to go out to the places uh, of questionable amusement. Uh, Friend, uh, they can sit right here on a church pew and amen the preacher and go home, be hooked on pornography. It's there, dear friend. You can be in Egypt in your mind and in your spirit and never leave the building. Say amen. They picked up things in Egypt that they would have never picked up had they remained in Canaan. Hagar came into the picture and Sarah said, here's what I think we need to do. We've waited on God long enough. We've waited on the Lord. He hasn't answered our prayer. We didn't prayed. We done put him on a one month time limit. It's Wednesday night. We can preach this way. Is that all right? God hasn't answered our prayer. So hey, maybe God's waiting on us to do something. There are times When God's blessings are conditional, if my people, which are called by my name, draw nigh unto me, and I'll draw nigh unto you. There are conditional blessings of God, but it's always in bringing you closer to him. But then there are also covenant that God has made, and God will not break his covenant. There's a difference in conditional blessing and the covenant of God. Amen. Amen. Eat them, but, friend, even though scores of babies were fed to crocodiles, there was one baby that would be born that the world couldn't touch. The devil couldn't kill. Because it was a covenant between God and man. There's a difference in conditional blessing and the covenant of God Almighty. God made a covenant with Abraham and said, I will make your seed as the sand of the sea and the stars of the heavens, period. They got into it. Abraham didn't much believe it. Sarah didn't believe it. So Sarah said, hey, Sarah, which is a type of the backslidden church, by the way, in this moment, Sarah, she speaks of a backslidden church because, friend, there's things that the church would not ever do when she was prayed through that now that many have backslidden the the church will allow I'll just preach this one for instance and I'll go on even years ago when most of the church was prayed through they would never allow some of the jack leg preaching that's going on behind the pulpit today come on now never would allow it. Uh, There's preachers uh, that are in the circle that run with us. Uh, Amen. They're running with us. They're Pentecostal preachers. Uh, They're conservative minded preachers. Uh, They're running in the circles uh, that we would know. Uh, They finally in this last year or so uh, thought that it's become in vogue uh, to cuss in the pulpit. You know why? Uh, They've heard it for the last decade uh, from a backslid church preacher, uh, amen, that would rather cuss uh, than pray. Amen. Uh, He'd rather be a shock jock uh, than he had been a man of God. Uh, I'm not here to shock you. I'm not here to overwhelm you uh, with enticing words uh, of men's wisdom, uh, but I've come to show you in demonstration uh, and the power of God uh, that He's still able to deliver and set free for them that'll call on His name. That church years ago would not put up with the lack of prayer by preachers today. Come on now. They wouldn't put up with it. Amen. That's one thing about that church where I pastor. You get in that box there. It's kind of like it is here. You get in that box there. If you get up there and start hammering around, you're not saying anything. Uh, that bunch uh, at faith assembly, they'll sit down on you. Uh, they'll fold their arms. Uh, even They're not here to watch you dance in a circle. Uh, they're not here to watch you uh, put on your little show. Uh, they want to hear what thus saith uh, the word of God. Uh, friend, uh, if you're preaching the gospel, uh, they'll hang from the chandeliers. Uh, but if you're up there preaching nothing, uh, they're not interested that's the way I build that church that's the history of it that's what it is and friend that is a picture of a church that's not backslid but a church that's walking in the fullness of the power of God Sarah she said I tell you what do we got this little old servant girl right here Hagar you 90 you you." You're 75, I think it was, maybe 75. Go into Hagar. And he said, do what? Just go into Hagar. And in that custom, in that time, the way that it was to be done is Sarah. Amen. the, The mother Hagar would sit on her knees and the child would pass through the knees of Sarah. That way she would say, this child belongs to me. That was the way that it was done. And Sarah said, we will have a child and we'll fix God's inability with our own ability. You ain't gonna fix God's inability because he's not enabled. People always say, I'm so God, so sorry, Lord, so sorry, God, that I let you down. You didn't let him down. You were never holding him up. Say amen to me. There she was going to Hagar. Abraham said, all right. Can I tell you that instantly I believe the devil had had to make sure that there was no blockade whatsoever. He wasn't fighting this seed like he had fought every other seed. Amen. She conceived immediately, I believe. Amen. Because the devil wanted to thwart the very plan of God. After that moment came, she conceived. She's walking around. You know what happened, Brother Hinton? Amen. She started giving Sarah the side eye. She said, You know what, old lady? I've been washing your clothes. I've been cleaning your house. But you ain't produced no child. And now then I'm a wife. I've produced this son. He's going to be born let me tell you that stuff you're dabbling around with in Egypt uh, before long uh, it's going to start determining uh, how much you're going to pay it Uh, come on now uh, that that you're dealing with uh, on the sly that that you're dealing with uh, on the down low uh, that's going to soon just assert uh, its dominance in your life uh, and you're going to wake up one day uh, looking uh, at the woman uh, that you've been living with for your whole life uh, or the ministry uh, that you've had for all these years of the call of God on your life that you've cradled in your hand from its infancy to its maturity and then on the other side you're going to look and say what have I produced even in an instant of the flesh not just in in an adulterous relationship but in spiritual adultery, walking away from what God has called you to, there's somebody in this house, you were born you were raised up, you knew what was right. You walked away from it. But God is telling you not only is there a mistake in your life, there's still the opportunity for a miracle to come on the other side. You're preaching too tough. No, I ain't. Just hold on. Hagar conceived And not only conceived, but bore a son. You know what Abraham did? He started trying to make Ishmael pleasing to God. Your mistake is never going to be pleasing to God. Never. What does that look like? Folks that live their whole life a drunk, then they finally get saved And all they want to do is talk about the years they were drunk. I'm going to use my testimony. I reach people. I reach people that nobody else can ever reach because I was a drunk and I know about drunks. I can tell you how it feels to want to drink right now. Amen, I've listened to that. Jesus, he never told you that you're an overcomer. Amen, by your testimony only. We have forgotten that the testimony is tied to the first part of what makes you an overcomer. You're an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb and the Word. Of your testimony, what testimony are you talking about? I was a drunk. I said, do- no, 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 no. Even Jesus asked Peter, "Who do men say that I am?" They said, "You're a teacher come from God. You're a good man. You're a wonderful prophet." He said, "But who do you say that I am?" Peter piped up. He he said, "Thou art the Christ, the Son of the Living God." He said, "Flesh and blood has it revealed that to you." but my father you're an overcomer by the blood of Jesus and the testimony that Christ lives on the inside of you this world knows about being a drunk but they don't know what it is to be born again the testimony is to be right with God say amen to me Abraham he was now trying to make Ishmael pleasing to God. Your testimony of being a drunk or a dope addict or whatever it was you use. Amen. That should be second place to the testimony that Jesus Christ saves, delivers, set free, and fills with the power of the Holy Ghost. You don't build a ministry on you. You build it on the Lord Jesus Christ. So now, He's sitting there trying to teach Ishmael the law. He's trying to make this boy something that he could never be. Your mistake will never be what pleases God. It will never be what you use to push your ministry to the top. never will. It's not purposed that way. It should have never been in your life. And now then, Hagar is on the outs with Sarah. Every time they come in the house, it's tension. Let me tell you something. Sarah might have told Abraham to go into Hagar, but baby, she didn't mean it not one bit. Say amen a backslidden church might tell you to do this uh, but truly uh, when she comes to herself uh, she'll know uh, that there's no room uh, for error in your life. Uh, So now then uh, it's come to the place uh, where uh, Abraham has said i got to pray through which is our text tonight Uh, and Abraham uh, in Genesis 17 uh, he comes to God and he says Lord uh, I want to know what to do here forgive me Uh, he's getting it right Uh, and then uh, the Lord said to Abraham I will cause your wife Sarah to bear a son," he said. "Can a man my age bear a son?" Amen. He said, "Then these words, Lord, why don't you just let Ishmael be pleasing to you? Why don't you just let Ishmael walk before you?" God never acknowledged the mistake that was repented of. Come on, here, somebody. God never addressed the mistake that Abraham had just prayed through over. Amen. Immediately, whenever that Abraham put the mistake underneath the blood, then he tried to redress it. He tried to bring it back again. said, Lord, why don't you just let Ishmael walk before you? The Lord ignored the question. He ignored the thought. He ignored the idea that somehow your past was going to be pleasing to him. Your mistake was going to be pleasing to him. And basically in that chapter, in that verse, the Lord, he basically basically said, I said what I said. I told you Sarah was going to bear a son. Hagar's not it. Egypt's not it. And no longer am I going to deal with your past. I've just forgiven you of it. Now get up and the victory is yours. Walk full with it. Immediately after the renewal, after he prayed through, immediately Sarah conceived. This lady, this old man, you know what? God works miracles in a way that man can take no credit whatsoever. You getting up out of your mistake and there's some folks that's wallowing in it tonight. God wouldn't have took me back to this after I'm on a trajectory of the anointing of the Holy Ghost. He wouldn't have brought me back here if there wasn't somebody that's wallowing in a mistake. Uh, I don't know when you made it. Uh, I don't know where you were when you made it. Uh, But God's talking to you. Uh, God's telling you that there is life uh, after that mistake. Uh, He's telling you to pray through like Jesus did. Amen. There with Genesis chapter 17 and Abraham uh, get up uh, and this is what happened Uh, can you imagine after he prayed through the promise uh, started coming to pass Uh, it wasn't there uh, but now then that little old woman uh, she's walking around uh, everybody else her age uh, has got grandchildren uh, and great-grandchildren and she's walking around I'm in my first trimester uh, I've been throwing up all day long Come come on now Sister Pam, all three of our youngest. She puked from the time she conceived till they were born, all three of them. And all these young ladies in our church, and we got kids coming from everywhere. I done preached to them, and all of our young couples got to have five kids. And they started believing me. Say amen. We got these young girls in our church are, that are having children and, and they're saying, well, I just didn't got past all that uh, in the first trimester. I'm not sick at all. Sister Pam just gives them the side eye. Can you imagine Sarah talking to all of her girlfriends she grew up with and they got great grandkids and she said, I'm not feeling good today. Amen. With every ache and pain, with every sorrowful day, with every time you've battled through the day to get through it, you just understand that the miracle is coming through you. You just understand with every heart, after the conception every hard day after the praying through it's there it might be rough days days you want to give up and give in I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Sarah just floated through the whole pregnancy not at all she was an old woman Amen. the promise was late coming but the promise came just the same and it brought about the life that God said would come There's a promise that will come to pass if you will renew yourself in your commitment to God. Ishmael, can you imagine the day? They're everywhere on the side of that hill by Abraham's tent. That baby's about to be born. There's an army of midwives in and out of that tent. Abraham's outside pacing back and forth can you picture it with me can you may just picture in your mind all these people on that hillside they're sitting around waiting they got fires going they're cooking all the dinner they're cooking the meals they're waiting on the promise of God the entire nation is waiting on God to prove himself through one man my God, hear me tonight. Uh, there's some of you uh, that it may not be the whole nation uh, that's waiting on God uh, to prove his promise true uh, through one man. Uh, but it might be the folks in your family uh, that's waiting on you uh, to be that one uh, that will hold fast uh, until the promise comes. Uh, he's waiting on you. Uh, he's waiting on that baby to be born. Uh, even the world said uh, it'll never come to pass. Uh, you messed it up. Uh, you ruined it. Uh, but now To let the promise come to pass. That baby's born. And now then, watch what happens. Abraham has renewed himself. They're having baby showers. They're up there seeing that baby all the time. Now then, Abraham walking around with the promise of God in his life. After the mistake He's now refocused. He had been dividing his time between Ishmael and the promise. He had been trying to make Ishmael the promise, thus dividing his heart. A a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Abraham when he got refocused he quit trying to make his mistake he meant something pleasing to God and now then he refocused on the miracle that was there the entire time he's there with Isaac the son of promise he's growing up now he's getting the law that Ishmael never could receive he's receiving what God would never be able to put in Ishmael so now then that Ishmael is not getting all the attention you know what happens, he's not in control, he's not ruling everything, so now that he's not in control, he's not now in in, in any way a place of the affection of Abraham like he once was he now becomes an antagonist, amen if that sin, if that mistake is not controlling your life it will become an antagonist to your life, it will try to set you down and tell you no sir I'm the mistake I'm still here you did wrong you see the connection between Ishmael and Isaac is Abraham amen out of Abraham came half brothers amen Abraham when he was in that altar he would produce an Isaac but when he was in Egypt he would produce an Ishmael even if Abraham was not praying he would produce the flesh but when he would pray through the spirit would revive and come out of him I can tell you that in that life half Brothers, we're living out of the life of Abraham. Same with you. If you'll go down to Egypt, you'll produce Amen and Ishmael. If you go to the flesh, you're gonna produce death. But if you'll renew yourself, if you'll get right with God, there's still an opportunity that life and the miracle can come outside of your life. Hear me tonight. He said, I'm going to refocus all my attention on my miracle. Some of you had your mind divided between your mistake and your miracle. That miracle is wanting to be what God says. It can be that ministry, that calling, that place in the spirit that you long for that Isaac, he's rising up but that Ishmael's throwing rocks at him, come on now, that mistake you made, that thing that happened and it just about ruined your witness, it's screaming don't you try to preach or I'll expose you, what you need to do is tell him I've already exposed it to the one that matters I've already said it, I've already told it, there's a moment when you can tell that folks finally get over their mistake and that is When they walk into the house of God uh, and they've before had their head down, uh, their hands down, uh, but when they finally get over it, uh, they can hear them singing uh, Amazing Grace. uh, How sweet the sound uh, that saved a wretch like me. Both those hands uh, can go up and glorify God because they're past the mistake. Listen, inside somebody tonight, you've renewed yourself. You've prayed through, but the problem is Ishmael and Isaac are still living in the same house. For 19 years, that mistake became an antagonist, keeping the miracle from his full, of, full place, from fully becoming what God wanted him to be. So now then, Sarah, when she prayed through, a pray-through church. She finally came to Abraham, said, look, cast out the bondwoman and her son. Pastor Sullivan, what in the world? Cast out the bondwoman and her son. The mistake was Ishmael. So we think what the prayed through church was saying to Abraham was don't just throw out the mistake, but cast out the machine that made the mistake. Cast out the very mechanism that brought about the mistake the first time. And just because you get rid of that mistake and you don't get rid of the machine, you will act to produce a second mistake. Or a third, oh, come on here. Come on here. Or a third mistake, or a fourth mistake. You see, not only do we need to come to an altar and say, I'm sorry for what I did, but we need to cast out the bondwoman that would produce another mistake. There's some of you that not only have you got to get rid of your mistake, you got to get rid of some friends, you got to drop some relationships. Come on here. You can't live for God and shack up in the house with them. You got to get rid of it, you got to break it off your life. Amen. If you don't cast out uh, the bondwoman, uh, you'll produce uh, Ishmael after Ishmael. Right. Yes. Right. So, you know what the prayed through church did? She went to the one and said, Cast him out. And the bondwoman, the next morning, gone. Gone. The mistake has been cast out. Watch this. Now after the mistake is evicted, no longer are there half-brothers living in the same house, fighting against one another. There's some folks in this house, there's potential in you that would blow your mind. There's potential in you that would make your own mind wonder where did this come from? Sarah and Abraham laughed at the potential that God said was in them. Are you hearing me? You might have laughed at the potential that God spoke to you. But if you can somehow get rid of the bondwoman and get rid of the mistake, you can fully focus only on the miracle one more time. You can see it for what it is. I say cast him out. Kick out the bondwoman woman, cast out the mistake and rise up and begin to let that miracle flourish in your life. It's not too late. It's not too far gone. It's not over with. Just call on the name of the Lord. Stand with me. I'm done. Hallelujah to God. Hallelujah. You see, now that he had been evicted, Abraham really was going to be the father of many nations. Come on now. Before that mistake was evicted, he wasn't ever going to be what God called him to be. But after he kicked out the mistake, Abraham really was going to possess the land of Canaan, in spite of the mistake. Abraham found the earlier relationship that he had enjoyed with God in spite of the mistake. Abraham really was blessed by God in spite of the mistake. Church, I've come to tell you that revival is still going to come in spite of your mistakes. Healing can still happen in spite of my mistakes. Restoration can still take place in spite of past mistakes. There's some of you that said it won't ever come back together, it won't ever be right, it won't ever get fixed. Friend, let me tell you, don't limit what God can do. a man that renews himself at an order of prayer. Right. Yes. Hallelujah. Hope is still alive in my life in spite of my mistake. Faith still believes in spite of my mistake. 2 Corinthians 5 and 17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. we got to cast out the mistake and the mechanism of the mistake. (laughs) Years ago, I was reading, I had a stack. Some older pastor had given me a stack, just a library full of books. He had everything. Everything. I still use them to this day. I came across a stack as I was going through, I came across a stack of Reader's Digests. What in the world a preacher going to do Reader's Digest? He was just a reader. He'd read anything get his hands on. I'm flipping through a Reader's Digest going through a box of books. Flipping through and a picture caught my eye of of stones out in the desert here in the United States New Mexico so I open it and begin to read the article article about this elder gentleman now retelling a story about when he was a boy he and his brother rode from New York all the way out to the desert lands New Mexico and they stopped at a place, they were looking at beautiful stones, those rocks that were infused with turquoise. They cracked that rock and beautiful stone, turquoise all in it. Well, they came to this place and they had the stones placed a certain way, and the father recognized that no doubt. This was a place that belonged to someone special. They had put the rocks in order. It was a sacred place of sorts. He told those boys, you don't mess with these rocks. But those boys, you know, boys and rocks. In my office now, I got a trail of rocks. Did you see? In my office, trail of rocks. From the mountains, from the beaches. Everywhere I've been, I get rocks. I grew up a country boy. Y'all, man, happily y'all got rocks in your house, probably all of you. Boys do. Quit laughing. I'm trying to close this message. <laughs> so those boys made a, a plan. I'm going to distract dad. I'm going to take him over here and get him distracted, showing me something. And you get one of those rocks. Get a big one, a pretty one. Go hide it in the trunk of the car. Cover it up. Dad will never know. Then we'll come back and we'll have the rock. Deal. The little one distracted Dad and the old one picked that rock up. Put it down in that trunk, covered it up. Took it back to New York. When they got home and their dad found out about it, he was livid. I told you not to mess with that rock boy. I told you that was sacred. He said, you get it out of this house. He said, you get it out of here. You see, sometimes when you get stuff that you don't, that doesn't belong to you, you can't even enjoy it if you did get it. They stored it away in the attic of that old house. Never did enjoy that rock. Weren't able to look at it, play with it, see it, nothing. Finally, after dad had died and his brother had died, one of those boys was left. That one boy was going through the old house, cleaning it out. He knew that it would not be long. He would either be in a nursing home or before long he would be dead as well. He's trying to get the family in order and all the family affairs. He's going through that house, gets up in that attic, and he founds that rock that's haunted him his entire life. He made the decision. He said, I know what i got to do. I know what I've got to do. So that man stopped all of the planning, all of the packing, he got that rock, barely able to budget now. He, man, he's an 80-year-old man, barely able to pick it up and move around in that attic, trying to crawl down that ladder. He's trying to get it. He barely gets it into that car. He fills up that car with gas, and an 80-year-old man starts making a trek back to the spot where the burden came on his life. He made that trip alone. You hear me tonight. What God gave me to tell you is some of the things you've been doing. You've been trying to do it with group therapy. You've been trying to get your group to make you feel better. There's a place that God says you've got half brothers living inside of you. Part of you wants to do right part of you wants to do wrong Amen. now that mistake is there it's laying there you've repented but the mistake is there there's some things you got to come to God by yourself and deal with that old man gets out to New Mexico I'm done he pulls up in that same area the best he can remember he gets out in a hurry and he throws the trunk up on that old car the tribal chief was there had brave strong boys years ago they went after the old man started going out to see what was going on then they watched as that old man barely could get that rock up barely able to carry it when he was a boy when he was young he picked up that mistake and trotted along with it Usually the mistakes are very light when you pick them up. But the longer they stay in your life, the heavier they become. He's barely able to get into the place. That old man looks around trying to position himself the best that he can. To the very spot he picked up that mistake. Those braves are going out there saying, is he planting a bomb? The chief called him back and said, I perceive that this man is unburdening his soul. He knelt down in in the sands of that desert, put that rock right back into place where he thought it came from. When he put it back down in the dirt, they could see the glisten of tears running down the old man's face. It was the tears of a man that had finally evicted the mistake. There's some folks in this house tonight. You've let that mistake come. I don't know where you picked it up. In Egypt, you picked it up. But since you picked up that mistake, it's lived in your life. You prayed through. You've asked God to forgive you of it. But you've never evicted the mistake. You've never cast out the bondwoman. And that thing has dogged your life. Until tonight. God is ready for you to cast out the bondwoman and her son. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Father, I've delivered my soul to this congregation tonight. I've delivered my soul to them. Every word you gave me to say. God, there's men and women in this house, if they will finally be honest, you will unburden their soul. If they'll be honest, if they'll move and not let something get in their mind that would rob them from this altar service, you'll unburden their soul tonight. Father, I pray let victory come let victory come come on that's it hallelujah to the Lamb of God nobody looking nobody looking there's men already in this altar I'm about to let you come amen I just want to know exactly who I'm praying for am I Am I preaching to you do you want to cast out the half brother and let the miracle come to fruition are you ready to get past it tonight amen with nobody looking I want you to say that's me preacher slip a hand up let me pray for you yeah Absolutely. There's another. There's another. Alright. Yeah. There's several men. There's a lady. Now then I'm going to ask you to be bold. Not come up here by yourself. Uh, I'm going to ask this entire church uh, would you step out on three and come to this altar. Everybody don't sit down. One, two, three. Come to an altar and step in and say Lord I'm going to unburden my soul. Hallelujah to God. For the world is lost in darkness. For the same For the sinner, blind, searching. For the child in need of faith.